0: Paul is impressed by the Holy Ghost to write these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Notice that's past tense. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now turn with me over to to Hebrews chapter 11. Paul identifies, I believe Paul was the writer of the book of Hebrews, and he identifies by the Holy Ghost... This thing called faith that brings you into God's favor and enables, for you, enables you to receive whatever you need from God. Verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now I want you to put these two scriptures together and come to an understanding that uh, will make up the premise of the foundation of tonight's message. Ephesians 1.3 says, God has, past tense, has already blessed us. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We already have been given all spiritual blessings. Now you couldn't say all unless it covered everything. All spiritual blessings have been made ours. And they're in heavenly places. Now in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it talks about this thing called faith. That brings the unseen into physical reality. Notice he says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. I'm gonna switch these things up a little bit, maybe help us to, to see it a little better. Faith is the substance of things not seen. The evidence of what we hope for. Now folks, you know as well as I do, the things you hope for don't have any substance to them. Some things we hope for never will come to pass. There are things that we set our sights on and things that we desire that sometimes are outside of our control to, to produce. We might hope certain things for our loved ones. We might hope for our children to come to the Lord or family members or loved ones or whatever the case might be. But that doesn't depend on just what we hope for or what we believe. They've got a say in that. Their will will be the determining factor and not just what we hope for. But notice that faith deals with things that are not seen. Now, how do we... F- Come to the realization, well, while I'm talking, why don't you turn with me to Acts, I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 8. Let me show you an example. Jesus came to the earth, the Bible says, prophesied in Malachi chapter 4, that healing would be in the Messiah's wings. Now, that word wings is a little unclear to us, but it literally means the hem of the garment. You remember when the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment saying, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. It triggered the power of God, the healing power of God going out of Jesus and into her. Well, where did she get that? Where did she get faith to touch his garment? It was prophesied, it was God's word that healing would be in his wings or the hem of his garment. So we see certain things we see that faith cannot be exercised until the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Let me show you this in action. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1. When Jesus was come down from the mountains, great, multitude, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Notice what he believes. He believes Completely in the power of God's word to change the situation. To change him from being a leper to being healed and cleansed. But he doesn't know whether it's the will of God to heal him. And this is certainly an area, the biggest area that people struggle with now. This guy believed much like the modern day Christian. Oh yeah, God can do anything. All things are possible with God. Well, the same scripture says all things are possible to him that believes. But it's just so much easier for us to put it over on God. And so this man, meaning no offense whatsoever, said to Jesus, I believe you can. I'm sure he's heard about Jesus' healing ministry. I'm sure he's heard about a variety of people, a variety of people, various people that were healed, maybe from different things, different diseases different sicknesses and that sparks faith in him. It creates faith in him in the power of God to heal. But how do you go from believing generically or generally in the healing power of God to making it work for you? That's the real issue. And he identifies where he's at. He said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And notice the very first thing Jesus did immediately. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So what happened? We know that this guy's faith did the work. But his faith was incomplete until Jesus told him. Until Jesus said, I will. He had no faith to receive, even though he believed in the healing power of God. There was no foundation for him to believe, and so there was no vantage point for him to receive his healing. But as soon as Jesus said, I will, as soon as Jesus said, I will, that changed everything. It released his faith to receive what God wanted for him all the time. Now, if Jesus said, I will to the leper, but says, I want to you and me, then God can't be who he says he is in his word. See, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons, meaning he wouldn't want one good thing for somebody else that he doesn't want for you or me. And again, so much of the modern day church has deceived themselves by thinking God does differently and deals differently with different people. Some people he wants to be sick, other people he wants to heal. That cannot be true. In the first place, as we mentioned, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons And in the second place, the Bible says in several different places, in several different ways that there's no shadow of turning with God. That means he's always the same. If his will is healing for one, it has to be for all. And Jesus healed all that were sick in many cases, in many occasions, Jesus healed all that were sick to fulfill what was prophesied about Jesus taking upon himself, sin, sickness, and disease on the cross as well as poverty and other things. To pay the price for sin and death. This man's faith didn't have a foundation that enabled him to to receive from God. His faith had a foundation for believing in God's power. His faith brought him to the place where he believed God could do anything. But folks, how does that help you? How does that help me? God can do anything, anything except violate his word. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, God has exalted his word above his name. So he can't violate his word. But God always has to be the same. He's eternal. He's unchangeable. He said himself in the Old Testament, I am God, I change not. Folks, that ought to settle the issue. I am God, I change not. So it's impossible, therefore, for God to be true to his word, and want healing for one and sickness for another. And Jesus moves, uh, Luke's account of this, I believe it is, says Jesus immediately moved with compassion, reached out and touched this leper, and he was made whole. Now here's the point I'm trying to get to. The Bible says, as we read in Ephesians chapter one, that God has blessed us, already has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That means you have been given everything that God will ever give you. It's already been given. Now, some people take offense at that and some people get concerned because they're looking for God to do something. Well, the time of looking for God to do something is very much past. It passed 2,000 years ago because in Jesus, in his substitutionary work on the cross and through the resurrection, Jesus provided for us everything that we'll ever need. Now here's what that means. That means your healing exists in an unseen form. Now what good does that do us? Absolutely no good whatsoever if we don't go forward. Absolutely no good whatsoever unless we come to the place where this leper came. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. It gives substance, or we could say it this way. Substance is referring to physical reality. It brings into physical reality the things that we hope for. It brings into physical reality the things that we hope for. It brings into physical reality the things that we hope for. And that's what Hebrews 11 is all about. The 11th chapter of Hebrews is talking about how the promise of God was realized through this list of heroes of faith. And in every case, they had a promise from God that was unseen. But through their faith, through their believing in their heart and their confession of faith, that unseen blessing, that unseen promise was made real in a physical realm. It became a physical reality. So faith gives substance to the things that you don't have any substance for, the things that you hope for, the things that you can't see. Now here in Matthew chapter eight, the leper, once Jesus said, I will be thou cleansed. The leper then had his questions answered. His question is identified by what the Bible tells us. He believes in God's power. He knows God has the power to heal. He knows Jesus has the power to heal him. But until he gets the answer to his question, nothing's gonna happen on his behalf now how did his question get answered we see the end result how did his question get answered by Jesus speaking the word and revealing his will and isn't that what the word of God has given to to us for to reveal his word or to reveal his will rather in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 Paul said so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word Now, how does faith come by hearing? Well, he goes on to explain that people can't believe unless they've heard. Unless there's a preacher or somebody to tell them what the word is, uh, reveal the word to them. Then there's no basis for faith and there could never be a basis for faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Why does hearing come by the word? Because the word of God provides knowledge of God's will. And that knowledge of God's will becomes the foundation for what we believe and receive. So when the Bible says faith comes by hearing, it's really not talking about just listening to. It's not talking about just having the word of God like on a, a, a cassette tape or a USB drive or something like that. It's not talking just about that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We should. But the hearing that it's talking about is the result of listening to something. The hearing that faith comes by is really knowledge of God's will. That's why we say faith begins where the will of God is known. You can see that very clearly in this leper in Matthew 8. Until he knew what Jesus' will was for him concerning his healing, he's going to stay leprous for the rest of his life. But Jesus answers the question He said, I will. And his whole life was changed in a moment of time. His leprosy was cleansed. It disappeared. Now let me ask you a question. Was the healing power of God created by Jesus saying, I will be thou clean? No. Was Jesus overcome with extra power to heal leprosy by saying, I will be thou clean? No. What changed? Nothing changed on God's end. The healing power of God was just as available to the leper after Jesus said, I will be thou clean as it was before the leper even showed up. So that means, again, that healing exists in two different forms. Healing exists in the spirit realm or the unseen realm because of everything that Jesus has done everything jesus accomplished through his death burial and resurrection the healing power of god or we can say it even this way your healing always exists first in the unseen realm and it's up to us to bring it from the unseen realm into the physical realm that's up to us you remember mark chapter 5 i think we mentioned it a few minutes ago why don't we turn there? Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 25. says, that a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, faith comes by hearing, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, folks, since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, we know what she had to have heard. We know that she had to have heard that people were being healed by just by touching Jesus. And she had to have heard that people were healed by touching Jesus' garment. Otherwise, she couldn't have developed faith for that specifically. And notice how specific she is. If I just touch his clothes, she doesn't say and she could have said if he just lays his hands on me. Or she could have said, if I make physical contact with him in some way. But she's very specific. She said, if I touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. So she had to have heard that people were healed by touching Jesus' garments; Otherwise, she couldn't have had faith for it. So when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and, and for she said, touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now, the word felt is literally the word no. She knew in her body that she was healed of that plague. I'm not saying that felt is a bad translation. Because when you, you know as well as I do. When you come to the knowledge of something... It affects your feelings. So feeling or the fact that it says she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague might be accurate and, and, and the best way to say it. But either way, whether it was a physical feeling, we know that it was knowledge that was imparted to her. Now, Jesus, notice what it says. And Jesus, knowing in himself, immediately knowing in himself. You know what the root word for knowing is in this in verse 30. The word that's translated felt in verse 29. So she knew something and he knew something. She knew that the power of God had healed her of that plague. She knew that the issue of blood which has been consistent, maybe constant for the last 12 years. Now all of a sudden that's changed. And Jesus knew that healing power had gone out of him. Now, what created the healing power of God in this case? Did the woman's faith create the healing power of God? No. If the woman's faith created the healing power of God, then Jesus would not have, under any other circumstance, been able to heal anybody else in that crowd. And that's not the way Jesus operated. But rather, we need to recognize that the healing power of God, which is resident and residing upon Jesus... All throughout this story, remember they're on the way to Jairus' house, whose little daughter is at the point of death, and on the way, the woman with the issue of blood comes and touches Jesus, and, and he stops and tells us, or the Bible tells us all the things that took place. So Jesus knew that healing power went out of him, and he stopped and turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? He knows that the healing power of God has gone out of him and into somebody else. Well, why didn't he know who? See, if Jesus operated the way so many Christians think that he did, they assumed that Jesus woke up every morning and God had an agenda for him. Well, at 1030, Jairus is going to come by, and so I want you to go to his house. And at 1045, the woman with issue of blood is going to touch you, and you're going to deal with that. But that's not what happens. Jesus' agenda, Jesus' itinerary, was the result of people's request and the exercise of their faith. Jesus went where people would accept him and wanted him to be. Jairus certainly fits that bill. And the woman with the issue of blood just catches on to the trip that Jesus has taken to J.R.'s' house. So when was the healing power of God created? The healing, power was upon, the healing power of God was upon Jesus full time, ever ready to help somebody. And this was not a planned healing. This is not one of those situations where Jesus gets to a certain point on the way to Jairus' house and stops and looks around and says, there's a woman with issue of blood here somewhere. Where is she? Jesus just simply recognizes that somebody's faith has made a pull or a draw on the healing power of God. So he knows somebody got results. He's looking around trying to find out who was it that just tapped into the healing power of God that was on him all the time. Who is it in this crowd that got results? And notice the disciples' bewilderment. Their response to Jesus when he said, Who touched my clothes? Their response is, how are we going to find just one certain person? Because everybody is touching you. See the multitude thronging you. That means see the crowd of people that are pushing and shoving each other, trying to get close enough to touch him. See, this woman with issue of blood is not the only person that's heard about Jesus healing the sick. That's probably why there are multitudes that are thronging him. Pressing upon him on every side. She's not the only one in this crowd or in these multitudes that's heard about Jesus healing and that's trying to get something for themselves. But out of all the multitudes, however many that is, I don't know what multitudes means as far as number-wise, but however many people made up these multitudes, only one person touched him in faith. And so the healing power of God that was available to heal every sick person in the crowd Was tapped into and received by only one person no wonder jesus stopped and took notice there's one person in this crowd that's received from me what god sent for everybody i want to know who she is or who they are he didn't know it was woman until she came to him and so she fearing and trembling fell down before him and told him all the truth now notice verse 34 and jesus said daughter Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Notice Jesus doesn't even credit the healing power of God. He doesn't even say, God the Father has, taken, has shown his mercy on you. He says, your faith did the work. Why doesn't he credit the power of God? Why doesn't he credit the fact that he's anointed? It had been a perfect place for him to stop and preach Luke, Luke 4.18 here's why this happened folks the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord that's me but that's not the way Jesus operated he didn't talk about the power that was on him he let the results speak for themselves and everybody in that crowd had heard about his power Everybody in that crowd. Otherwise, why are they trying to touch him? They're trying to get something from him, but only one person did, and it was a woman with issue of blood. And he credits her faith as the thing that stands apart, causes her to stand apart and separates her from everybody else in this multitude. Somebody said, I think it was Smith Wilkins, where said, God will pass over a million people to get to one person standing in faith. That's exactly what's happening here. Through no fault of God's, through no fault of Jesus. Jesus is there to help people no matter what the need is. But nobody in that crowd was was willing to reach out in faith. See, folks, it wasn't the physical touch that healed her. It was her faith that caused her to touch. Now, here's a question for you. Concerning the leper in Matthew 8. And the woman with issue of blood in Mark 5, when was she healed? Was she healed when she felt it? Was she healed when she had physical evidence? No, she was healed when she realized, saw in her heart, if you'll allow me to use that phrase, that there's healing in Jesus. Jesus that God sent Jesus to the earth to heal people just like her. Now the touching the hem of his garment was just the method that the healing power of God had been ministered to that she heard about. Maybe she hadn't heard about Jesus spitting on the ground and making clay and the healing of the blind guy. If that's what she had heard about Jesus, then she would have had to believe The only thing she would have had a foundation to believe is I believe when Jesus spits on the ground and puts mud in my eye, that I shall be healed. Maybe she hadn't heard about Jesus laying hands on the sick. Or maybe she had heard about that along with hearing that people were healed by touching his garment. And she just opted for the touch the garment thing. Either way, however you want to slice and dice this, the fact remains is. Faith begins where the will of God is known. She had to have heard something about Jesus, the healing power of Jesus, that enabled her to take it personally, to take it for herself. And so that's what she did. She took it for herself. Now, when Jesus was here on the earth, obviously he hadn't yet been to the cross. So this woman could not say along with us that she had been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus is here on the earth during this point in time. During his three years of earthly ministry. Jesus is revealing the plan and the purpose of God the Father. He's showing the goodness of God. And one of the ways he's showing that is by healing the sick. He also cast out devils and delivered people. He's showing that it's God's will for everybody to be free. From whatever's holding them back. That was Jesus' purpose here on the earth to reveal the father well what the woman with issue of blood heard about jesus that created faith to reach out and touch his garment to receive her healing it was when she saw on the inside of her this is what's taking place this is what god has provided that's when she saw herself as being healed that's what she said if i can just touch his clothes i shall be whole. So she had to have seen something on the inside of her before she saw the disease or the issue of blood dry up. See folks, faith, real faith sees the answer, not in the physical realm, but in the unseen realm. Turn with me over to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine, let's start reading in verse 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down to the saints which dwelt at Lydda, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. I love this phrase; it says it over and over and over again. It talks about people being sick of the palsy, not sick with the palsy. And there, there comes a point where we get so fed up with the work of the devil when he's the one that's being exposed as the culprit and the problem behind all our troubles where well, we get so sick of that that we're willing to take hold of God's word and receive it for ourselves folks your attitude towards sickness and disease has everything to do with you receiving your healing but the devil wants to delay things because the longer he can delay you receiving from God the longer he can delay your healing, the healing that you need in your physical body, the more and more influence he can gain on people. And in some cases, turn them against God for not helping, or at least not helping as quickly as they think you should. So anyway, back to this guy in chapter nine, Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make your bed, and he arose immediately. Now, the translators are a little iffy with some of the, um, the tenses that they use. And rightly so. I'm not talking about them being dishonest or uneducated or anything like that. But there are a lot of words that are used, particularly in the Greek language. There are a lot of words, well, the same thing is true in the Hebrew, but there are a lot of words that are talked about in a continuous sense. Almost as if there is no beginning and there is no end. Which you gotta admit would describe God and his work perfectly. But here where Peter says, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, he's not talking about the healing power of God coming down on him at that moment. It's exactly the same phrase, maketh thee whole. It's exactly the same phrase that he uses when he writes a letter to the church, 1 Peter 2, 24. Let me read this to you and I'll point it out. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Certainly it's talking about Jesus. That we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You see that phrase, by whose stripes you were healed? That's exactly the same phrase in Acts chapter 9. In verse, what is it? Verse 35, somewhere around there, where he said, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. It's literally saying, Peter said to Aeneas, Jesus healed you. You were healed by the stripes of Jesus. It's exactly the same wording. Exactly the same. So what is Peter doing? Peter, from his position after the resurrection, which is when these things took place, is turning around and looking backwards at all the spiritual blessings we've been blessed with in heavenly places in christ jesus one of those specifically and particularly being healing for the physical body he's turning around and looking backwards to the price jesus paid for sickness and disease and in so doing he's saying to aeneas jesus healed you well he sure doesn't look healed He's got, he's got this palsy. He's got this creeping paralysis thing on him. He looks anything but healed. But what is Peter, by the help of the Holy Ghost, trying to show us as well as show him? Healing exists first in the unseen realm. It's our faith that brings it into physical reality. And healing is just as real, even more so in my opinion, but healing is just as real or more real in the spirit realm because of the absolute nature of Jesus sacrifice, the absolute results that Jesus brought to mankind because of his death, burial, and resurrection. Those things can never change and healing of every manner of sickness and every manner of disease is part of that blessing. That's already yours that can never change. So he says to Aeneas, Jesus healed you. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Literally, Jesus healed you. And he arose. uh, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Jesus healed you. Arise and make your bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. He had a citywide revival, double citywide revival, because he told somebody what had already been done for them. Jesus healed you. Jesus healed you. Finally, turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Can't talk about faith very much without getting into the 11th chapter of Mark. Jesus cursed the fig tree. And the next morning is dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance said, Master, the fig tree, which thou cursest withered away. Verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Other translations say, have the faith of God. Somebody coined, first one I heard it from was Brother Hagin, but I don't know if he, it originated with him. But somebody said it this way. Have the God kind of faith. Well, if we're talking about the faith of God, what kind of faith would God have if not the the God kind of faith? So Jesus explaining to the disciples how a fig tree died overnight, withered and dried up from the roots, which obviously shows supernatural power at work. See folks, if Peter had taken a chainsaw the day before to the tree because Jesus cursed it, the leaves would still be green. It may be laying on his side on the ground, but the leaves would still be green. But not this one. This one is dried up from the roots. The only example that I could use that might be close to what's taking place is 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 as if I'll get there. Is as if the tree had been struck by lightning. But I'm not even sure if that would take care of it as quickly. But certainly there was supernatural power at work and that supernatural power was triggered by what Jesus said. No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Now folks, I'm not suggesting that we try to curse trees that we don't like or whatever the case is. But I do think it's worth consideration that the magnitude of the power of God that's available to somebody that believes and speaks is a whole lot more than what we give it credit for jesus cursed this fig tree and it didn't just die it really died in a supernatural way so jesus describes that as the operation of faith he said have faith in god or have the god kind of faith for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain First thing we need to recognize about faith is it was not just exclusive for Jesus. Jesus does not say, well, guys, faith works, but you need to understand this fig tree represents Israel. And I'm here in Jerusalem going to the cross in a few days. And so I had to make a show and a demonstration of this tree so that you'd get the importance thereof. But don't try this yourselves. This happened because I was the son of God. That's the furthest thing from what Jesus said. Jesus said, whosoever, believing and getting supernatural results, getting spectacular results, seeing the power of God work in supernatural and even miraculous ways, belongs to whosoever that will meet these qualifications. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Here's the qualifier and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart, not according to what he sees, but in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24 Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, how in the world are we going to gain a foundation for faith, for something we can't see? Well, again, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Or according to the things that we've explained previously tonight, we could say it this way. Faith comes by receiving knowledge of God's will. That's what the hearing of the word is for to show us the will of God now when the will of God is shown to us what's the purpose for God revealing his will to enable us to see into the spirit realm what God wants to be in physical reality in our lives see it's the faith that sees that takes hold and brings the blessings of God In this case, healing, because that's the subject that we're addressing tonight. It's the faith that sees healing in the unseen realm that brings it into physical reality. Not the faith that sees it in the physical realm. Anybody can believe then. But the faith that believes in the healing it sees through the revelation or the knowledge of God's will for them and folks that's exactly what happened with the leper when the leper says I believe you can heal me if you will Jesus immediately moved toward him as I said other other, uh, gospel accounts say that Jesus was moved with compassion he said instantly, immediately I will be thou clean what did the leper see? in a moment of time he saw not himself standing next to Jesus who had the power to heal but instead he saw himself healed and leprosy-free. It's the faith that sees, that receives. Let me close with this. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep that phrase in mind. Let them, my words, not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Notice that that, uh, Proverbs, by the Holy Ghost, Proverbs is revealing to us how we can receive health for all our flesh. Now, health for all our flesh has to mean every sickness, every disease, every condition. Has to be. Otherwise you'd have to say healing for part of our flesh or some measures of healing or healing for some certain degree uh, diseases. But that's not what he said. The Holy ghost is telling us how we can receive healing and health for all of our flesh. And notice what he said. He said, my son attend to my words, put the word of God first place. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith enables us to see into the unseen realm what Jesus has already done for us. And folks, Jesus has already paid the price for sickness and disease. I've told people for many years that come up and want me to lay hands on them for healing. And I'm not talking about people in our church. I'm talking about people outside the church. People in our church know better than to come without having some kind of basis for what they want. But I've had people from outside the church come numerous times and say to me, Pastor Mike, I want you to pray for me because I believe God's going to heal me. And I've had to tell him. I try to say it as nice as I can, but I try to tell him. No, he won't. He's not going to do anything. And then I try to explain to them. If they were coming to me to pray the prayer of salvation over them instead of the prayer of faith for healing, I wouldn't say that God's going to save you. I would explain to him that Jesus already paid the price for sin and death. And so all you have to do is receive it. Take hold of what Jesus has already done. And then I explain further. That means Jesus is not coming back to the earth to take another stripe on his back. He's already paid the price. And a lot of people get really distraught about that. You mean God's not going to heal me? No, but he's made a way for you to accept and receive your healing now. Because the work is finished. My son attend to my words. Attend to the knowledge of God's will that my word brings you. Concerning sickness and disease. Concerning healing for the physical body. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Listen first and foremost to the truth of the word concerning your healing. Doctors are doing the best they can. Doctors are trying to help us. But they don't have the final say on anything unless you give it to them. And here's the Holy Ghost saying, don't give it to them. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Believe the word no matter who says what to the contrary. Notice it says next, let them not depart from before your eyes. What does that mean? That means see yourself with the answer. Now, folks, whether you know it or not, this is the kind of faith that sees, that takes hold of the blessings of God. People that are waiting to see it in the physical realm before they'll believe and act on the word. It's too late then. You don't need faith for the things you can see. Faith is for the things you can't see with the physical eye. So let them, my words, not depart from before your eyes. Keep them, indicates that there's going to be a struggle. You're going to have opposition. See, this is talking about fighting the good fight of faith, not yielding to the devil's influence no matter what he tries to influence us with. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why do we want to do all that? For they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Notice there's a discovery process. What is the discovery process? It's exactly the same thing we've been talking about before. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It's discovering God's will in your situation. And folks, some situations are clear-cut. Healing for the physical body is clear-cut. You can't get any more clear-cut than healing for the physical body. The same scriptures that say that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities tell us that he took took stripes upon his back and by those stripes we were healed. He bore our griefs and carried our sicknesses. You can't get any clearer than that. Now, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people deny it. But the truth could not be any more clear. It just couldn't be any more clear. So what does the truth of God's word do for us? It gives us a foundation so that we can believe that Jesus has made provisions for us to accomplish everything that God wants in mankind. And one of the things that heads the list is healing and health. Don't let your eyes turn away from that. Yeah, but it's been a long time, Pastor Mike. I've been standing forever. All the more reason to hold on. Don't want to waste the time you've already invested, do you? My son attended to my words. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Folks, I believe this is the most important part of what he's given us instruction to do. Brother Hagin said this. He didn't talk about it a lot, but there were several times that, um, well, a couple of times he said it in public, but several times he would talk about it to us in private. He said that was the hardest part of it for him. Now, some of you may not know the story, and I'll go through it real briefly. Brother Hagen was born premature and his heart had never developed right. He had a deformed heart. He had a blood disease that the doctors really couldn't do anything about. He came into his um, uh, about, well, what would it be, um, 14, maybe 15 years old and became bedfast. The doctors had said all along that they don't know of anybody that's lived with his condition with what was wrong with him past the age of 15, uh, 16. Excuse me, I'll get there. So about 15, he became totally bent fast and he came to the place and it took him, took him a while, it took him nine months before he came to the understanding about anything regarding faith and how faith works. And he was trying to believe it after he saw it, he was praying for his healing and he was trying to believe and thought that he was supposed to believe by seeing, but the Lord dealt with him about believing he received while he was still sick. He talked to him about faith. He taught Brother Hagen faith. Get this. The Holy Ghost personally taught him about the subject of faith. He didn't know of anything anybody else was preaching concerning healing. He didn't find that out until uh, find out that other people were preaching healing until a couple of years after he was healed. And one of the first lessons Brother Hagen said he learned was what we've been talking about tonight. Faith begins where the will of God is known faith is, has to be based on knowledge but after he did all the things that he knew to do and after he did everything that that the lord had taught him or instructed him or whatever he said the hardest part was seeing myself well he said the situation was so critical and there were several times during those months that he was bedfast that he died that's where he got his story about going to hell He wasn't even saved when he first began to believe God for his healing. Thought he was, but just belonged to a church. Belonging to a church doesn't save you any more than going into a barn makes you a cow. But Brother Hagin said that he saw himself. He was so ingrained by what the doctors had told him and told his mom. It was so ingrained in him that he couldn't live. That he saw his own funeral. He saw himself being put into the ground. He saw the seasons change over his grave. He said that was the last and the biggest hurdle he had to cross or jump. But when he came to the understanding, when he came to the realization that if he kept speaking God's word concerning healing and his will, God's will concerning Brother Hagin's healing, he said, then I began to start seeing myself. First I saw myself live and not die. Then I saw myself walk. Then I saw myself preach. And that's as far as he went. But he said that was the hardest part for him, is to see himself well. Thank God we've got the benefit of teaching and the opportunity to hear in much greater measure than he did. You know, I've got to tell you, I think most people in Brother Hagin's situation would have died. Thank God he didn't. He brought truth to us that we can pass on to our children and their children. So where the Bible says, let them, my words, not depart from before your eyes, it means see yourself with what the word of God says is yours. See yourself healed. See yourself receiving your healing. See yourself. The woman with the issue of blood, there was a specific moment in time when she felt or knew that she was healed. That moment in time is coming for you and me too. don't give up before you get there attend to the word of God no matter what else is going on incline your ear into the word of God's sayings no matter who says what no matter what the diagnosis is let the word of God not depart from before your eyes see yourself with the answer and refuse to see anything else because the faith that sees is the faith that takes the blessing of God It's the faith that brings the blessing of God in the unseen realm or from the unseen realm, which is just as true, even more true than the things we see around us. But it brings those things into physical reality. It gives substance. Faith gives substance to the things you're hoping for, to the things that the word of God reveals are yours. Finally, he said, keep them, my words, in the midst of your heart. That's the same as Jesus saying in verse 23 of Mark chapter 11, and shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart. Keep these things in your heart. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Proverbs says it this way for their life. My words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health to all their flesh. Thank God we have health for all of our flesh. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your healing mercy. Thank you for all the things that Jesus has already accomplished for us. We thank you, Father, that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And because of the truth of your word, Father, we thank you that we have the privilege to bring those spiritual blessings, those unseen blessings of healing into physical reality in our bodies. We therefore declare, Father, that because Jesus took upon himself stripes, he bore our griefs and carried our pains. He bore our sicknesses. We thank you, Father, that our faith is giving substance to that truth, that healing. And we declare, Father, that we will have, according to your word, we will have that moment in time. Just like the woman with issue of blood, just like the leper in Matthew chapter 8, where we feel and or know that we've been healed of whatever we're believing for you to be healed from thank you Lord that healing is ours it's not going to be ours someday it's already ours now we declare there's nothing the devil can do to stop it because your word is the greatest force in the universe therefore we call things that be not as though they are we say I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet I say that sickness is gone from my body in Jesus name I say that we're restored to health and our wounds are healed. Even as your word declares in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him a moment. Let's just lift our hands and thank him for his goodness. Father, we thank you for being so good to us. You didn't have to do everything and provide everything that we need through Jesus. If you had left us here on the earth just to deal with the things that are here, with a promise of eternity in heaven, that would have been a good thing. But you love us so much, you care about us so much, that you redeemed us spirit, soul, and body. You made provisions for the physical body in the redemptive plan of God. Thank you, Father thank you for setting us free thank you for healing every sickness and every disease among the people thank you Father that the prayer of faith always heals the sick and that you Lord raise us up you're so good to us Father and we love you for it we thank you for all that you've done in Jesus precious name Amen. Amen. Folks, have a great week. And you're dismissed.